Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Dr. Joseph Hakik is Australia's leading cosmetic physician and celebrity skin Svengali. For those of you who follow me on social media, you would also know that he is my personal cosmetic injector and has guided my skin wellness and rejuvenation journey for over seven years. His in-depth knowledge of anatomy, skin science and aesthetics is celebrated not only in Australia, but also globally. Dr. Joseph is a trainer, spokesperson, and advisor to global aesthetics companies and frequently asked to speak at international conferences. His signature treatment is the liquid facelift, utilizing non-surgical aesthetic treatments to completely rejuvenate and transform his clients without invasive procedures. Celebrities travel from around the world to seek his expertise and subtle tweakment to deliver natural-looking and truly exceptional results, drawing from his sense of artistic appreciation and commitment to patient care. Yes, there is a long wait list at all three of the All Saint clinics, not just for Dr. Joseph, but his team of talented cosmetic physicians and dermal therapists. However, once you have experienced the magic of Dr. Joseph's skill and commitment to giving you the best skin and facial structure of your life, there is no going back. I invited Dr. Joseph back to the podcast to share his insights on the future trends and new aesthetic procedures. There has been an explosion of new injectables, devices, and trends in the aesthetic space, and 2023 is going to be a year of innovation and disruption in the field. Whether you are needle shy or a seasoned connoisseur of rejuvenation, I'm sure you will love this episode with the great gentleman of the beauty world, Dr. Joseph Hakik. Well, you know what? One of my most popular episodes was the one where I talked about all the things that I've had done and all the things that I've had done, I've had done by you. So it seemed very fitting to come back at the beginning of this year and talk about the trends that we're going to see in aesthetics, uh, in skin, in beauty. And there is no better person in my mind in Australia who's ahead of the game than you, Dr. Joseph Hakik, my beloved, beloved skin expert and doctor. And um, I want, you know, I think one of the things that I love and admire most about you is you not only have a thriving, you know, multiple practices in Australia, but you travel a lot. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Baha. It's an honor to be here with you today. I can never get enough of you, really. <laughs> and uh, it's always joy to talk to you about anything, really, but especially about beauty and aesthetics. You know, um, last year into 2022, you traveled a lot for um, conferences. You spoke at a number of events. Um, and I'm curious to see, in a post kind of pandemic world, um, have people's attitudes and have the trends that, you know, the manufacturers of the fillers, the devices that, you know, we're all hearing about, has there been a big shift that you've noticed? Because you've been in this industry for over 30 years, but has there, it, it seems to me as someone who's covering it, that there's a pivot. And I'm curious from your perspective, are doctors around the world treating aesthetics differently? Look, definitely. I think from the client's perspective, um, from the client's perspective, definitely there is a shift. Uh, People want to spend more time and energy on themselves, especially after the pandemic. I think we are are seeing that shift and people really care about themselves. They're no longer obsessed with working hard, uh, playing hard and not taking care of themselves. So I think... We see that everywhere, including in Europe, in the States, uh, in Australia. Every every client that is coming forward, they really want to look after themselves to the best possible way. Um, as far as the uh, companies are concerned, yes, they actually get in a huge demand from uh, people like us asking for more product and better technology, better development. And, and the demand by the clients is, is um, draining the supply, if you like. So we're having shortage of product. 
um, which is really uh, interesting because you think that you'll always have enough for everyone, but it hasn't been the case this year. We've had a couple of times where we completely ran out of product in the whole country, not just in our practice, in the whole country we ran out of product. Uh, it's a sign that people are really uh, enjoying this process of looking after themselves. And I would say that, you know, one of the things, the big trends is that men are now um, investing in aesthetic treatment. And that was, you know, something that your practice was kind of an early adopter for. You were known as a clinic that would treat men. You were doing a lot of natural rejuvenation for your male clients. But now, you know, I, I think the percentages is something like a 20, 80% split, which is, it might not sound like a lot, but it is a massive lift in the number of men that are coming for aesthetic treatments. Definitely. And that's a worldwide phenomenon as well. Um, we're seeing more men coming forward and purely because they've seen their partners uh, looking better and better with the years and they're looking younger. In some instances, I've had people say, uh, you know, my girlfriend looks like my daughter or my wife looks like my daughter and therefore I need to actually uh, follow her footsteps and look after myself. Otherwise, she might ditch me for someone uh, much younger. <laughs> so, uh, but, but look, this is true. I think men have really adopted this, uh, this change. And they're no longer taboo about men getting uh, cosmetic work. Uh, in fact, when they come, they want to get everything done at the same time because men are often uh, not very good at organizing these uh, time for self-care. So they just want to just come every three months and get everything that they need to do in one visit, which is sometimes not possible, uh, as, as you understand. Um, but uh, we certainly, in, in All Saints Clinic, we've seen at, at times 40% of our split is for male versus 60 for female, wow. which is quite high. But I guess it really goes back to support this concept that men, more than women, but women equally, are searching for natural rejuvenating results and not to look like they've had anything done. And all saints, we can do it really well. You know, one of the things I remember one time, and I think I've told this story before, is um, maybe this was like 15 years ago. I got off the um, plane in um, Dallas. And I remember being in uh, Dallas, in Texas, in the USA, and being shocked by how similar everyone looked. And it looked like everyone had gone to the same aesthetic doctor or plastic surgeon, and everyone had almost an identical um, placement of filler, big lips, big boobs, you know, teased blonde hair. And there seemed to be like a, a template for beauty. And even, you know, five years ago with the Kardashianization of beauty, there was, there was a lot of sameness, you know, in the way people mm. would, would style their brows or the way that they would have um, Botox or filler or, uh, or, or any other kind of treatment. But again, there seems to be, uh, you know, a democratization and, and a more individual, uh, not democratization, more an individualization yes. of, um, of how people look and a massive demand for a more natural look, certainly in Australia. Yes. Well, look, Bahar, as you understand also, um, in our industry, there's probably about 10% of the doctors and nurses that work in our industry are artistically inclined, and there's about 90% are scientifically inclined. So the artists amongst us can see uh, what natural beauty look like and they can create that natural beauty. The 90% of the scientists, they can do procedures and they learn by treating cheeks or by treating lips or by treating chin. Um, and when they apply in these products, they think in that fashion as well. And then hence why you've noticed in the States perhaps uh, that you, everyone had the same cheeks, everyone had the same lips and then it start to look identical. And that's purely because they apply the procedure that they've learned somewhere to every face that they see. Where I'd like to see the change, and I think where we're heading in the future, towards the future in 23 and then beyond, is a lot of these injectors have learned that they cannot operate as scientists. They need to operate as artists. So they're all trying to learn the art of full face rejuvenation every single time. And this is something we've been supporting and, and, and endorsing since day one at All Saints, is that we need to treat the full face. You cannot allow uh, the client to dictate what happens on that day without having this conversation with them about 
the positive and the negative about every procedure. So in other words, I would not allow a patient to say, I'm here for my lips. We need to talk about the rest of the face at the same time. And if that plan includes that the lips need to be rejuvenated, so be it, we can do that treatment. But if the rest of the face is falling apart and the lips are looking the best part of that face, and then you, you continue to inject the lip again and again and again, things will start to look out of balance. And then people start to look weird because their lips are being injected so many times and the rest of the face is falling. So it doesn't match. And so my mission really moving forward is to encourage everyone that wanna practice this, this medicine, aesthetic medicine, is to see the face as a whole unit, one unit, and that we can address everything every time we see the clients and, and design a journey for them to be able to address the full face. I remember one of the kind of the breakthrough moments in kind of my own rejuvenation uh, timeline is that I think it was about three or four, maybe four years ago that I came to see you. And, you know, I, I could I could feel like my face was changing, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it because I was just doing basic things. I was having like a little bit of... Uh, Botox I was having like a little bit of filler every now and then but like I don't know it just wasn't doing the same thing and and you actually said to me it's hormonal you have to go and get your hormones tested and once we know where you're at on your hormonal cycle we'll be able to treat your whole face differently and and it really was quite phenomenal because I was completely unaware uh, of where I was at in my, you know, journey. And as it transpired, and I've talked about this before, I'd already gone into menopause and had zero idea. I just put my lack of period down to a very stressful time in my life. But you said to me that if I don't catch it, I'm going to start noticing a slackening of my that's jawline, more. that anything under here, that's all hormonal. That's, you know, and the other thing that you've you're always telling me about is rapid weight loss, weight loss, um, and your diet and nutrition. Mm -hmm. All of those. Um, I mean, yeah, this is this is going to be. I mean, it's been an eye opener for a lot of doctors as well to actually understand age appropriate treatment because what what we require at twenties different to thirties to forties to fifties, seventies, and on on and uh, after that as well. But it's very important to understand really what we're going through as a female or a, or a male client, uh, what are we going through at that time in our life that is gonna affect the aging of our faces? And it's very important to un understand the cause of why we are getting older, why we're losing volume, why is the skin sagging? Uh, because you need to address the cause as well as addressing what you're seeing at the same time. Uh, and, and, and I highly encourage all the doctors and nurses out there to actually investigate more before they go and just reach for the syringe and start treating without understanding what's going on. So going back to something you just said, you said, you know, skin sagging, skin uh, texture, firmness. When, when you do have a proper consultation, as you said, you're looking at the whole face. So in terms of trends that you think are going to be big this year and beyond, what are some of the the trends that you've seen and and that you're teaching internationally that you want you know our viewers to be aware of and to ask for well look skin skin is definitely still high up on people's list uh, and um uh, this year we've had the launch of profiler which is a bio remodeler and uh, collagen and elastin uh, stimulator in the skin. So, uh, and that was probably the product I was referring to before when we ran out of product. But skin is gonna be still very important for everyone. And we're looking for technologies to improve the skin health, uh, to improve the Skin quality. health. Skin health. So, yeah. Uh, so that's very important. And to address skin health, you cannot just focus on skincare by itself. You cannot just focus on technology by itself. You're gonna focus globally on the individual. You need to understand what is going on uh, internally uh, via hormone, um, emotionally. Uh, you know, uh, this is all can really uh, affect your skin. So you, you, you know, uh, from ourselves, really, when we're happy, we're in a good relationship, our skin glow. When we're miserable, we're having a through uh, breakdown of a relationship, we will start to get pimples, and uh, your skin feels dull, and etc. So all this emotion also can affect your skin. So emotion is very important. Hormones, super important. Nutrition and diet. 
uh, exercise, all of those really can affect your skin. Well, when I say exercise, I'm talking about a regular form of exercise. It doesn't have to be a strenuous exercise where you're losing too much volume either because the extreme of exercise can also make us age as well because you're losing a lot of your facial fat pad. Well, you've made me stop running because you said that I'd lost too much weight on my face. You, you look great the way you are. I just don't want you to really lose what you have. And then, you know, you said before, you're just gone through menopause. I mean, I don't believe that you've gone through menopause because you don't look like you're really one day over 30s or something. You know, early 30s. I'll, I have I'll a really you. good doctor. I'll introduce <laughs> you. <laughs> you might have to share his number with me one day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all, all, the, all those things we need to address, you cannot really focus on giving people great results without looking at them holistically and addressing all those um pieces of the puzzle yeah they all make sense when you just address them all together you get the results are not not uh, five times better they're more like hundred times you know a thousand times better when you address all the culprit that are causing the aging process um in the technology space as well i think skin tightening is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger people are really these days are not looking at surgery as the first option like uh, our parents or grandparents used to um, there are many other technologies and there's a lot of possibilities for people to actually delay or prevent surgery as long as they uh, address uh, holistically all the factors that are causing the skin to sag. Uh, amongst those, and what we found really was popular uh, in the last few years, especially at Olsen, was Morpheus 8 or microneedling with radiofrequency. And, and, and why this is really sort of a jump to the top of the technologies that we use for skin uh, tightening is because you, you can heat that part of this, the face uh, at the smash layer um, directly uh, without having to heat the skin. The needle goes through your skin and these needles are insulated. So when you, when you push the radio frequency button and the heat penetrates through these needles, it only gets released below the surface of your skin. So you can heat the target without risking uh, too much heat to the skin and as a result, burning the skin. So or melasma. Very, so if or you melasma. Have, yeah, because yes. a lot of because people are reluctant to try anything that's kind of going to heat up the skin if they've got any kind of background, any predisposition to melasma, they, they're terrified of heating the skin. Correct, correct. And as a result, this is why more and more people are reaching for the Pico laser. Uh, for, uh, for for rejuvenation, it's not only for treating pigmentation and melasma, but also because they're choosing um, like ultrasound wave to target the pigment in the skin, uh, break down the pigment to very tiny particles, and so your body can clean them without really heating your skin. Uh, and and so people are starting to become smarter. I found in, in the last few years, I think people are reading more. Maybe people are listening to more podcasts and and um, you know, watching um, more about the skin. So there's this big interest amongst the public about uh, skin, skin quality, product. Um, I think I'm, I'm enjoying that seeing that people are becoming more intelligent in that space. Whilst in the past, they were completely blinded to what technology is or what treatment is. I'm, I'm really enjoying that uh, our clients are becoming more and more educated and we can have an intelligent conversation about their journey. And it's a two-way conversation, not one way where you tell them what they have to do. We, we have this conversation. It's, it's, it's more enjoyable for me uh, to be able to have the client participate in the journey and design the journey together. We talked about, you know, skin being um, kind of a signature to um, radiance and beauty and, and skin health in particular. Um, a lot of the uh, information that's that's coming through is about preserving um, the skin's integrity. And I think, you know, if, if we look at early laser technology, it was very ablative. It was, mm. you know, you would basically burn off the top layer of the skin, peel uh, like a snake. And then of course you would, you know, emerge with baby-like skin. But it seems to me now that the technologies that are coming out are giving a similar result, but without that uh, rather invasive and quite traumatic wound kind of response that used you're to be the goal. On. You're spot on, Baha. And I think uh, even though we still have all the ablative lasers in the clinic, we probably use them once a year, maybe twice a year. What's more uh, popular, and, and then even for doctors as well as the client alike, 
is to actually use the less invasive lasers. One, the people don't have a lot of uh, downtime to go and hide. I mean, I don't know where we found that downtime in the past, like 15, 20 years ago, people used to have to go and hide for two weeks after their laser treatment. So I don't know how we convince people to actually accept those uh, technologies. Um, these days, we, we preserve them for people that have really severe scarring or major skin issues that they need that intensity of the treatment. But nowadays, a lot of the technology, it almost have no or so little downtime. You might expect eight hours or 12 hours of redness, but none of the old side effect of major swelling, um, major scabbing, bleeding, etc. This doesn't happen anymore with our technology these days. It's, it's, it's really for the busy people. Lasers is for uh, you and me and then people like us that have a life and a career and uh, we're on the road all the time. We're on the run all the time. So we can still fit in all those treatments uh, in our busy day and still recover and maintain a normal lifestyle and socialize. I want to know about some of the hard to treat places and and to get a read on what the trends are in terms of body. I know I've had a couple of great treatments with you. Um, I had filler in my hand last year, which I love, and it's going to last for about uh, uh, normally about three or four years even. Um, but you know, it's a hard to treat place. I, I I use good cream. I put retinol on my hands. Um, I add it to my hand cream. I've had laser and Pico laser on my hands before, but the filler really gave the volume and 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 I guess reduced the appearance of my veins. Um, but what are some of the other, you know, cool things that we can look out for for other hard to treat places like under your neck, elbows, yeah. knees? So look, I mean, the principle are the same. We need to have the skin look as beautiful as possible, as healthy as possible but you need to have enough elasticity in that skin to keep it where it's meant to be and not to sag and drop. Um, so for instance, when you talked about your hand, you mentioned fit technology. You've done some laser to remove some of the pigment. You've done some Pico, which is specific for, for that. You've probably done some BBL. You might've done some Fraxel along the way. And that actually cleaned the upper part of your skin. And with the Fraxel, you go a little bit deeper. But um, the loss of- I had actually body... Fraxel on my knees. I haven't had it on my hands, but I've had Fraxel right. on my knees. Right, right. But I'm just using that as an example. So you might have some of the lasers on the upper part of the skin and that will clear your skin, will give you a healthy, glowy skin. But um, in some instances, we lose a lot of volume from the hand and you can start to see the bone and the ligament and the, and the vein. And that is aging by itself. So therefore, we need to use a solution that gives you volume. And then to give you volume, we need to use product that stimulate collagen and then you get volume via that process or you put some hyaluronic acid filler, which is an instant volumizer. And then, so this is how you address really everything that we're treating. For the neck, for instance, we can uh, address the skin with through laser technology. Uh, we can use the um, Morpheus, for instance, microneedling with radio frequency to stimulate more collagen, to start to make the skin a bit firmer, and then to actually start to pull back and then lift. But also we can utilize solutions like Radius or Sculptra uh, where these products stimulate collagen via an injection. So we so they're these, all bioremodelers as well. They're bioremodelers, biostimulators really. They're a little bit deeper than the Profilo. Profilo we inject quite superficially, so it stays in the upper part of the skin, while Sculptra is subcutaneous, so is Radius. So we're stimulating collagen and elastin at different levels of the skin to really get a good win instead of just focusing on one aspect. And so we need to go through all these layers of, of the skin, of, an, of a part that is of concern to us and trying to address all those layers. Hence why it's important uh, to, to have a consultation about an area uh, with your doctor and, and go through uh, your concern and, and let them analyze your skin, let them analyze obviously your hormone. Uh, all of those are important because if, if your hormone is plummeting on a sort of faster than, uh, than uh, you know, uh, every day, uh, you, you cannot win. So you need to fix that. You cannot really, uh, you cannot get good, good results if you ignore the cause of your problems. Um, and so we, it's important to actually layer up all these late or treatment and then and do a journey for that part of your face or body, um, whatever it is. I know that at your clinic, you have a lot of emphasis on skin treatments in between aesthetic treatments. And um, 
you know, you use the lasers, you do a lot of peels, you do uh, facials. What's new in that space that you're excited about? What What are some of the non-invasive treatments that you genuinely believe in? Well, look, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of chemical peeling and I've always been, and I know they're old fashioned, but they are still really what are some of my favorite treatment uh, is to actually do a peel in between your lasers. Um, and, and so I don't like to, I like to cause a little injury and I like to cause an even smaller injury and then allow the skin to recover because we get results by allowing the skin to heal after a calculated injury. And this is what we do. You know, uh, it's some people just don't realize that this is what we do when we do a laser treatment. We're causing micro injuries to, this, to the cells, but it is a safe and calculated injury to help your skin to recover. Uh, I like to layer my treatment. I don't like to go strong all the way. You need to actually almost like make a wave. You go high and then you go low. Um, and so the, the peels are, are one of my favorite treatment personally, but I, I, I find that also they give good results for everyone in between. You don't want to stimulate too much injury. Um, Pico laser has become really popular the last year, and I think it's only going to get better because the results you can get by, uh, from Pico for skin rejuvenation are beyond what we've seen in the past. And can you just explain again what the technology of Pico laser is, just for people who don't know what, you know, it's so difficult for the layperson to understand sure. what laser does so, what. Look, in the past, lasers we've used that uh, cause heat. So you're actually using a form of heat, you, whatever wavelength you use, or simply you're creating a heat, uh, heat injury or thermal injury to an area. That area will, let's say we're treating pigment, the pigment will absorb all the heat and that pigment will die and then your body will clean it away. With Pico, and why it is safe for all skin type, including dark skin type, is we're using sound wave to break down the pigmentation. So we're not really causing too much heat. And as a result, you can safely treat darker skin type, like my skin and darker than that. Well, in the past, the laser, you have to be conservative in your energy so you can get much better results. Does that make sense? Yes, no, it makes perfect sense. And in terms of, let's talk about darker skin types, because obviously, you know, there's been a huge progression and fantastically so, certainly, you know, for me, when I was growing up in Australia, it was really hard to, there, there wasn't very many people who looked like me in the media. And I remember, I think when I was nine, I changed my name for a year to Angela because I desperately wanted to be Australian. And I made my parents call me Angela. I made my brother call me Angela. I still have people who remember when I decided to morph into Angela for a year. And one of the reasons for that was that they just, even though Australia has always been really multicultural, there wasn't a lot of multicultural representation in media. And I think one of the awesome things about social media is that there are so many different faces, so many different ages, so many different um, styles, and you can kind of find your own tribe. And I've noticed that cosmetic companies and uh, aesthetic companies are now really very clear and mindful that no country is a single ethnicity. And there is such a broad spectrum of uh, skin tone and um, you know hereditary traits um, that, you know, and we'll talk about uh, one of your masterpiece treatments, the liquid nose job in a second, but th that to me is a result of multiculturalism and, the, and this inclusivity conversation. Mm -hmm. And it, it must be, it must be really exciting for you as a doctor to know that companies are now really focused on having a broad range of treatment options that in Australia, where there are so many people with darker skin tones or very fair skin tones that couldn't use the lasers or the treatments before, now there's something for them. Well, see, time gives us knowledge. So over the years, we've learned about how to treat darker skin. So companies that have been doing development research have learned from what we've done in the past, and they can shift the technology or look for new technology that can address the darker skin. Hence why you're seeing all these new technologies. Uh, we couldn't have done it at the beginning because we did not know a safe uh, method to treat darker skin. And whenever we tried, we caused too much injury and not much result. So therefore, it was just completely left alone. But I think we, we're becoming smarter uh, in the research and development zone. And then we can produce technology for everyone. And that, that's great because 
often people with darker skin are the people that get more of the pigmentation. And then until recently, we couldn't really treat them safely or with um, to guarantee some results. But now I feel like we we are you know every year we have we will have something new uh, to address everyone in the community. I'm going to go back to um, treating ethnic um, concerns and one of um, your specialities. And um, whilst it's not a new trend, it's it's something that definitely got a lot of attention in the past couple of years. Was the liquid nose job? Um, what is it? How safe is it? And are there other parts of the face that you can treat in that sculpting way in the same way that you've done the nose? Sure. So look, the uh, non-surgical rhinoplasty or the liquid nose job, it's a procedure whereby I use dermal fillers uh, in, a, in a very safe uh, way to sculpt the nose and to give it a more pleasant appearance. So by that, I mean, whether or not people have got a bump or they got a curvature in the nose or the, the, the bottom of the part of the nose is too heavy, so it sits too, uh, too low um, or it's too long, uh, many, many other concerns. We can treat very elegantly with a very small amount of dermal filler placed in a safer part of the nose. Now, it is, it is a dangerous part of the face. It's probably one of the most dangerous part of the face because there's a lot of arteries and vessels and nerves that traverse that part of the face Generally speaking, the arteries in the nerve are mostly in the center of the face and the nose is in the center of the face. But it doesn't mean we can't treat it. And as a result, I treat maybe six to eight noses a day, uh, almost every day of the it week. It is my nose. single most favorite yeah. treatment ever. Like I've had yeah. two nose jobs, as I've told you before. I had my first one just before I turned 18. I had a very Iranian nose. I didn't like it. I, I had my first nose job too early. And then I had a revision rhinoplasty when I was 25. And God knows I don't want any more rhinoplasty. But I have had a liquid nose job with you every few years. And it is such a great way to keep it yes. looking fresh. It, it is that procedure that everyone gets up and says, I need a hug. Oh, it <laughs> is more than anything else I do. People so what cry. did you do for my nose? You straighten, straighten out my septum. That, that's right. So basically, I'm playing with the light, really. All I'm doing is shifting the light to make the light fall to the center of your nose. The light. The, the light. light. Because it's really, uh, well, that's what we do as doctors. We're using dermal fillers and Botox. We pretty much shift in the light on your face to highlight the best part of your face and to make give the illusion that your nose is small or short or straight or pixie or whatever it is that you want to do. So I'm placing the filler to shift the light so ever slightly to give it a better appearance uh, to something that we all accept, right? Because it's, it's a visceral reaction. It is It is such an amazing treatment. What, can you use that same kind of principle, that sculpting principle? Um, you know, we talked about bioremodelers, which don't add volume. They're just a skin treatment. It's really Correct. for redensifying the skin and the, uh, you know, the rejuvenation of the skin. But what are the fillers that we can use to do the sculpting work? Now, you ask me names of fillers or types? No, of the types of things you can okay. do. So when this is this is my signature liquid facelift that I've been doing for 20 something years. Uh, it's again, we are, we, are, we are sculpting your face to highlight the better part of your face, if you like, or really where we want the light to fall. Uh, I'm looking at your face right now and you have a beautiful oval face. Now, to achieve a beautiful oval face, you need, if, if someone's lost a lot of volume, and the light is falling down, you lose the light from the peak of your cheek. So the light might start to fall a little bit lower or too high, or the light will shift according to the way our faces change. And our job is to sculpt your face to shift that light. So when you're not wearing makeup and then you have a light face in your, your face, the, the light will actually will hit on your, on the, 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 the bony show, on the prominence of your cheeks, on the upper cupid of your, uh, of your lips, on the chin, on the nose along the center of your nose. So my job is, is to sculpt people's faces, to give them those highlights without any use of makeup. All you need is the light. And, and, and then about, as a result. What about areas such as, you know, with your liquid face job, I know it's an overall treatment. And one of the, again, one of the best treatments I ever had was I had filler in my temple, which mm. is imperceptible now, but whoa, what a difference. It does, it does. So again, 
as we lose, and this is why I said to you, do not lose any more weight because you're losing so much fat from uh, everywhere, including your face. And, and because of that, I can start to see the edges of the bone. Now, when you see bone, obviously that means you're lean, but lean on the face is not perceived as lean on the body. You can be lean on your uh, abdomen and you can see your six packs and that is attractive for most people. But when you become lean on your face and start to see the bony edges around your face, people perceive that as an aging um, thing. So you, 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 you start to look older. And why we do the temporal uh, treatment is to make the transition between your forehead and then the upper part of the cheek flow it beautifully. You don't want to see any shadows. You don't want to see any bony demarcation. You want that to be a continuous arc of light all the way. So the light will come from the forehead to the cheeks all the way to the uh, top part of your lip, if you like. And then you know, it'll be just a sculpted all the way to here. So almost like when you're lying on a bed and you pull your skin back, how you look. But these areas here is as that continues the oval part of the oval face. So that's very important to treat the temple if you can see the edge of your bone. I actually met a, a woman who was in her very early 30s um, last weekend. And um, she said to me, how old are you? And I said, I'm about to turn 49. And she goes, oh, my God, impossible, impossible. What do you do? And I said, I do everything. I do <laughs> absolutely everything. And she was she said to me, she goes, thank you so much for being honest. Thank you for saying that because it's actually really, it's unfair when people pretend that they don't do anything. And then she disclosed to me and, and she said to me, what is the favorite treatment that you've ever had? And I said, the, the one that I think has in, in this past year made me feel the most rejuvenated was filler in my temple. And then she revealed to me that she'd had filler in her temple so, you know, she's 30, I'm nearly 50. Um, and we both said, yes, it is a remarkably face transforming treatment to have. Now, what kind of filler is it? Is it is it a different, do you we use different fillers for different parts of the face? I, I tend to also for different part of the face for different people. So you cannot really use the same one for everyone. Otherwise, would all look the same. So normally what I look at, I look at what is it I'm trying to achieve? Am I trying to achieve some lifting or I'm trying to achieve some padding under the surface of your skin or I'm trying to fill some wrinkles? So I'll change the type of filler I use according to the uh, area I'm treating, also the concern or the skin quality of that person. For the temple and for instance, in your case, um, from memory, I think we use bilateral volume, which is a volumizer. Uh, hyaluronic acid volumizer that we use in these areas to give you a, a, a generous volume, especially at the edges where the bone meets the uh, temporalis fossa or this the, where the area sinks. And uh, from here, I'm looking at your face. I approve of it because it's the light flows. There's no line. There's no shadow there. And you want that. You want to achieve that. And this is really why we placed the filler where we placed it. Uh, but so if you can get away with the thicker filler, you always go for thicker filler because also that will give you a longer duration. Um, now, someone in their 80s and they have a hollow temple, I might not use the same filler because their skin is too fine and you don't ah, want to see the okay. filler. So you need to be discreet in your work. You don't want to show the filler. No one wants to see that they've had filler. You want to look better. You want the filler to do the work in the background, but not to see the filler. Seeing the filler to me is wrong. It's bad work. Uh, and so you and that gonna... used to be the trend. I mean, there was almost a trend to look overly filled, like big lips with a big ridge, high cheekbones. There was almost like a, a an actual trend to look artificial. It was almost artificial. a status. It's almost a status. I mean, I remember those 23, 24 years ago. I get all these clients who come back and said to me, uh, oh, everyone says I look great, but no one has said to me, I, I like your cheeks. And it's like, well, why do you want people to say I like your cheeks? I said, didn't they say give you a positive compliment? Yeah, but I spend money on my cheeks. I want people to say, I love your cheeks. It's like, well, I says like, you know, you don't want to see the stitches on your dress, do you? You want to see the dress looking amazing. And it's the same thing with your face. You don't want to see what was done. You want to look better. And uh, of course, all those clients were really upset back then. Now they love the fact that they look great without looking like they've had anything done. And mm -hmm. that should be really everything we do in aesthetic medicine should be like this, should be seamless, should be flawless. It should not leave a trace behind that something was done. 
And the other area that um, I know is very popular to treat now um, and definitely more people are open to it is under eye filler. And that was kind of a controversial area. There was a lot of talk of like, if you fill the under eye, you're going to create a, you know, a problem down the track. Um, if the filler is too heavy, it's going to stretch the skin. What are the advancements and what are the trends in that for that under eye area for darkness, for hollowness? Yeah, we we uh, this is a this is a complex area. It's actually even uh, I mean it's not as dangerous as the nose, but it's more complex than the nose because you almost need to place the filler in a particular a space. And if you put this filler above that space, people get a lot of complication, like swelling, like puffy, like they have a jelly bean effect above uh, uh, above the cheek between the eyes and the cheek. So it's a it's a very delicate area, and as a result, a lot of people don't like to treat this area. But it's a very satisfying area to treat because when people lose a lot of volume, and let's face it, in Australia, uh, and because we spend a lot of time on social media and on screens, people from age of 25 start to notice the dark circle around their eyes. And, and that, that is what we refer to as this dark circle because you're losing volume. Um, and technology has changed. We have fillers specifically for the under eye. And we have these fillers. Uh, one that comes to my mind right now is Redensity 2. Uh, from uh, Teoxan, which has brightness inside it as well. So they've actually taken the opportunity to put these brightness inside the filler. So you're not only going to get the volume, your skin quality and the color of your skin is going to be brighter. Um, as long as you place it in the right level, and as long as you under-treat the area, because hyaluronic acid filler will swell as it integrates. So it gives you more volume. So the key is not to overcorrect on the day, in fact, it's to undercorrect on the day of the treatment and let the swelling gives you the 100% results. Don't try to actually overdo it and think, oh, that's going to last you longer. You'll end up regretting because you end up having these ridges under the eyes. Um, but it's, it's, a very, it's a very easy area to treat if you know your anatomy. If you don't know your anatomy and don't know, you need to have that feel behind your hand about where you, where you are, which level or uh, which layer of your skin. And this is the trick. I think it takes experience for people to understand the different layers of your skin. And what about the hooded eyes and crepiness around the eyes? You know, before we used to use, you know, muscle relaxants to relax the look of wrinkles, but people want more than that in a non-surgical solution. What True. are the options there? And, it, and again, we, we do a lot of dermal fillers around the whole eye. So we put filler on the, what we call the uh, bony show of the eye. Yeah, like looking at you right now. On, did we uh, do that on me? Um, I might. I think we did. Did I, we? I, I, I might. If I've done filler on the forehead, I might have done that. It's, I sometimes, uh, I, I do three or four things at the same time. Yes. You'll only feel an injection, but it's where I leave. I was on the there. gas. I couldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so we, we can do filler on the bony show and I put it right underneath the brow with a candela technique from the side. So we're actually safe because you go in here where there's a lot of nerve and vessels. So with the candela, it's safe because it's blunt and you advance it very gently. So this way you're not causing any trauma. And you can put filler there. You can put filler also for people that have a sunken eyes and they start to look quite aged. You can put filler in what we call the A-frame which is that part here, oh, the, wow. the central part of the eye. So we put some filler there to make the eye look young and rejuvenated. Uh, as well, we can put filler really also on either side of the nose. But again, this is where the danger zone of the nose. So you can be super careful and you do it with a very uh, uh, sort of safe camera technique. Uh, you could not use needle in there. I've seen people on social media using needle and it really just worries me so much because they're asking for trouble uh, when, when they're using needle in these areas. It uh, doesn't matter how experienced you are, you'll be asking for trouble because it's one of those days that you're going to puncture the artery and cause a problem. And you um, don't want that. So no, kind of a technique always very safe uh, around the eyes. But it's, it's, uh, it's very What about satisfying. ears? What can I do you do around ears. the ears? I'm quite happy I with do, my ears still, but... <laughs> I do a lot of ears with, with fillers and we use the same thing. I mean, we use fillers that are medium thickness. And we address the whole lobule of the ear and here, especially for ladies that be wearing heavy earring. And sometimes mm -hmm. you lose or stretch it. So by supporting it with filler, when you wear your uh, chunky jewelry, the chunky jewelry face the right way. It doesn't flip and turn to the back. And, and this is the reason, this is one of the reasons I do it. But I often do it for men because they don't like the wrinkle that develops right in the center of the uh, lobule of the ear. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a common treatment. It's not a treatment that people often talk about. 
uh, and not frequently that people notice that you've had your keys done, but it's a very popular treatment as well uh, in our practice. If someone was on a budget and they can't afford to have, you know, what we've been talking about is a lot of different aesthetic procedures uh, done over time. But, you know, it's not in everyone's budget. I mean, what we're talking about is probably a commitment of, you know, five to $10,000 a year to have all of these things done regularly. What do you think are the things that really make a difference? That if you were on a budget and you wanted to transform the way you looked and felt about yourself, what are the big things that, you know, always deliver great results and they're good value? Look, the, heart, the, the thing that can save you a lot of money is a good consultation. You're trying to understand what is causing the problem, what are the main problem, and what are the secondary problem. So if you, if you plan it like this and you design a plan, you save a lot of money because you will not get treatment that you don't need. And this is where I find sometimes people have come to me and they spend thousands of dollars and then they, they could see no results because they haven't really understood what is the issue? And they're treating the wrong thing. So if you have blood pressure and I'll give you pills for diabetes, your blood pressure is going to stay the same. Nothing's going to change. Mm. Just because you're taking a pill, it doesn't mean your condition is going to get better. Same thing for the skin. So you need someone to actually diagnose you correctly and diagnose the aging process correctly in each case and design a treatment that if you spend two or $3,000, you're going to get results. And to me, this is how you save money. Not save money by doing less treatment. You save money by doing the right treatment for your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but designing a journey over six months to a year is also another way that you can save a lot of money. Don't do random stuff. People see things on social media and all of a sudden they just go and get a treatment and then come back and it says, oh, I've had that treatment. It cost me $3,000. Well, that was not the right treatment for you. So that was $3,000 you've wasted. So, so I think sometimes people just get to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, su- su- suggestive, perhaps? Yes. They see something and they go for it without really understanding. What oh, I'm like that. Oh, my God. I get so excited. And I, I get sent press releases and invitations. <clears throat> and you know what? I made a decision a few years ago that I was going to just stick to being an All Saints girl because it, it is really tempting to get bamboozled by new treatments and without that consultation process yes I you know and the same with hair you know I don't uh shop around hairdressers I've had the same hairdresser for years and years and years and it, it it does tend to and then they know and you have the consult um Dr Joseph what about the neck the most hideous area that like everyone kind of (laughs) You know, we we were told before that surgery was really the only option. option. How much can you um, treat both the jawline and the actual neck, under the neck? Until recently, really, I would have said exactly that. That surgery was the only option to do for the the neck. We've tried a lot of technologies. But since the invention of uh, micro-medium with radiofrequency, and then since the release of Profilo, I'm finding, and, and of course, with the bioremodelers like Sculpture or Radius, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze at you. <laughs> um, I think combining technology for your neck is very important. Sticking to the same technology, you'll get nowhere near as good result as combining two different technologies. Yeah, one and one equal 15 when you add different technologies in, in my eyes. So I think combining things is very important. The way I go about it, is just to make sure you, you start with the biostimulator, something like Sculpture or, uh, or Radius, to follow that even on the same day with some micro-needling with radiofrequency to tighten all the existing collagen, to stimulate the cells that make collagen, to make more collagen than what the Sculpture and Radius will do, and then to make sure that you protect your neck when you go out in the sun, because you want to reduce the amount of injury that your neck skin is, 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 is suffering from the sun. Um, so, and it's important to look at each neck separately. In some instances, you may need to do a little bit of lifting with some threads, but that's not high up on my list. And it's not high up on our list of, at All Saints. We prefer to address the skin quality and then use secondary solutions like Botox, anti-wrinkles, um, and, you know, uh, some fine line um, dermal filler, um, et cetera. 
but the bulk is just trying to stimulate collagen and elastin in the same area. And what about lips? You know, lip fashion in aesthetics is is such a uh, funny thing. Um, you know, we started off like, you know, with what people used to refer to as duck lips and then uh, various other trends came and went. But the, the thing that I'm hearing now is um, having filler to give the look of a moisturized lip, a hydrated yeah, lip yeah. rather than a full lip. Which is, What's, to be fair, this is something we've been doing for like 20 years at All Saints. I've always used the softest filler to give people that uh, dewy kissable lips without changing the shape. Most people that present for lip filler, they already have great lips. I think their concern is that they worry that they're losing a little bit of that dewiness in their lips, like that hydration. So if you give them the hydration, they're happy, you're happy, and then everyone's happy. But do you once. think people think, oh, my lips don't look hydrated? I think most people like look at their face and most go, oh, people my lips don't are understand. Flat. Yes, exactly. They think that the lips are shrinking. Yes. But really, the first issue is the hydration. So if you give them a hydrator in their lip or a very soft filler that give them that lovely hydration, they're happy uh, without having to go much bigger in the size. Now you can increase the thickness of the filler so ever slightly to give them 5% increase in the size of the lip if they need it. I'm not saying I don't make people's lips bigger, but there's also a certain technique you can use to actually keep the lip natural by preserving the light and the shadow in the lip because the lip is a sculptural organ on our face. It's got a lot of beautiful light and shadow everywhere you look. doesn't matter what angle you look. The problem is when you put too much of the wrong filler or too much filler, of any, even a good filler, you make them more like sausages and they, they don't <laughs> look like a natural lip. We don't want sausages in the middle. No, of we don't want sausages. No. You know, you want a natural beautiful lip. So you can make lips twice the size, but as long as you preserve these natural uh, appearances of every part of the lip, you won't look like you have your lips injected. But you cannot inject a lip without addressing the surrounding area. Because if you inject a lip and you leave the surrounding area as it is, your lip looks stuck on. So you need to make sure that, and this is where I go back to the beginning of the conversation, you treat the face holistically and you treat the lips holistically. It's going to be part of your whole plan. There's no point giving someone lips that look like 20 years old when their face looks like about 80 years old. Mm. It just doesn't match. So that makes you sense. address the whole thing. And then when people come say, I want to have my lips done, I look at the rest of the face first and I make a decision if this is the right decision or not. And we'll have that conversation. I'll explain in detail why treating your lips today is not the right thing for you. Unless you want to look really obvious, which I'm not the person for that. You go somewhere else. I know that in your practice, um, skincare and nutraceuticals are a big part of your business and that part of the process of being consulted by you or the other doctors is that you do actually recommend collagen supplements, skin boosters, cosmeceutical skincare. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of clinics will offer some version of that. How do you go about curating, you know, the perfect regimen for a client? What What are some tips that you can give people, even if they're not with an, uh, they're not an all Satan's client? What are some of the things that for you are non-negotiable when it comes to looking after your skin health and and radiance? Look, as far as non-negotiable in skincare, I think science has shown us that we need some vitamin A, if not time for anti-aging. We definitely need some sunscreen every single day and to reapply it, you must be spending time outside. And you need some antioxidant to protect us against the free radicals in our environment from pollution from the sun. So they're the three components that I always say, you need to have these three. If you want to live and you want to actually have good skin and you want to just get results, we need to make sure you're doing this for me in the background. Now, the uh, the supplementation, someone that is eating healthy diet, I'd probably say they don't need too much supplementation. Mm -hmm. you know, just keep it basic, keep it simple. Uh, as long as you're having good quality food. Now, can I guarantee that people are eating good quality food out there? It doesn't matter where you buy it from. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how it is grown, how quickly it is grown. So therefore, I, I take the chance of saying, let's supplement just in case things are not really good uh, uh, from what we can. I mean, when we lived in the villages and, and the, you know, in the snow mountains of Lebanon, I can guarantee what everything has because I know how it was grown. I know um, the quality of organic uh, produce that we, we really had. But uh, these days, I don't know. 
I don't know. So therefore, there's always a doubt in me about the quality of what we consume. And as a result, I think it's safer to supplement than to go back because supplementation doesn't give you immediate results. It takes, you know, six months to a year before you can start to see some benefit from what you're taking. And it's going to be a lifelong um, commitment. You know, it's, it's, it's to do with nutrition. So I always encourage people to have some collagen supplement. Do you believe in collagen? Look, I do believe because it's a supplement. It doesn't give you collagen. It doesn't actually go inside your stomach and then goes to your skin and give you collagen. But it gives you the backbone of what your body needs to make more collagen. So then people need to understand that. You're not, you don't drink collagen, you're going to get collagen in the morning. It doesn't work like this. You're supplementing your cells with the essential ingredient to help them produce what your body needs to actually stay young and healthy. Um, so I think it's important. It's important to take some uh, super green. It's important to take some antioxidants. Um, it, it's, it's all, it's all going to benefit us. Now, you cannot guarantee who's going to get much better result than others. But as a safety blanket, I say, if we all, ta- if we all take small amount, not big amount, okay, the cells have got enough to deal with. It's no different to taking multivitamins. I mean, you know, not every multivitamin we take, your body's going to use. But at least it's there if your body needs some support. It's there to go. Otherwise, you're going to have a deficit and then your cells cannot function better. Yes, now I understand. In terms of what you're excited about or if you had a, a, a dream about a treatment, a procedure, a device that would enter the Australian market that you've seen in your travels, is there something that we don't have that you wish we did? To be, to be honest, no. I think we, we, in Australia, we are def, uh, we, we up, we up there. I mean, we, we, um, we know in our industry that we, we are at the forefront of a lot of this technology. We take a long time sometimes to actually get some product and some technology in the country because of TGA uh, process. But Which I, can't, I kind of appreciate that. I love that we're regulated and there is that safety mechanism. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I agree. I agree. I like, I like our, our international doctors to do the research for us and give us the safety. So that's, that suits me well. I don't like to use my client as guinea pigs. But um, they, they, we do have all the latest technology in Australia. There's nothing uh, that I've come across on, a, on these uh, conferences except I think there's been a lot of research on um, cellular uh, biology, if you like, and we understand it more and more how our cells are reacting to procedures that we, we have done in the past or we continue to do um, and, and why we get the results. I think a lot of science um, is there to support uh, doing things like profilo, doing the filler. What happens when, we, when you put the filler on your skin? Is it just the volume that you get? Or are you getting collagen and elastin? And so now we know that the cells actually communicate because of better hydration um, or better environment, hydrated environment, the cells are communicating to each other better. They're working together as a team to actually um, work against the aging process. So we have a lot of data to support that. Um, in the past, we anecdotally seen some results, but we could never 100% say, oh, this is what happens. Now we know this is what is happening. So things like PRP, like Filmed, uh, Profilo, uh, the fillers, um, they're all contributing to having a better skin. So there's, there's benefit to having these procedures. Well, you know what? For the first time in my life, I don't have a wish list of new treatments I want to try. Um, you know what? I haven't tried the Morpheus. So maybe I will try the Morpheus this year. That could be my, uh, my venture into newness because I have been following a very specific plan that we've had for a number of years. And I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, but you know, this is my last year in my forties. So this is the countdown to the big five Oh. So I'm going to definitely dial up the preventative. Um, Yeah. As I always say, my skin is my hobby and uh, you know, I slather, I, I would almost drink SPF 50. I don't leave the house without, SPF 50, even if I'm going out in the dark. And, um, but I think that I would, yeah, I'm curious to try uh, the Morpheus 8 with the micro needling because we haven't done that for me yet. Correct, correct. And, and this is really worldwide has been, uh, you get good results for body treatment, especially for stomachs and knees and elbows and arms. Well, and let's do my knees. Let's do my knees. Let's do something unusual now. 
<laughs> it's always so wonderful to talk to you. I love you so much. And I know that every time we have you on the show or in the magazine or any mention of you whatsoever, people always write to me and say, but he's such a nice man. <laughs> I love you too, Baha. It's always a pleasure to be here with you and then to talk about anything. Thank you. Here's to a very beautiful and healthy 2023. Ciao. Thank you. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. 